Greetings and welcome to the podcast show, Touching People for Heaven, with your host, Preacher John. God bless you, my friend. I pray in the name of Jesus that there will be something here in this episode that you can use in your life, in the life of your family, and your friends. Okie doke, you ready? Let's get started. This is episode number 17, and it's titled, He Went Forward a Little and Fell on the Ground. That's found in Mark 14.35. Today is Wednesday, February 6, 2019, and it's 8 degrees in Boulder, Colorado, and snowing. Brr. But I've got my hot green tea from Trader Joe's here. Mmm. Let's see. Ah, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I think you could better get some tea, too, because this is a kind of a tough episode. I've proofread this a few times, and I almost I was saying to myself, I don't know if I should do this podcast today. <laughs> I kind of didn't want to do it. Um, but we'll get started, and we'll see how it goes. And, uh, you know, you can always push that uh, off button if you don't want to listen to the show. It's uh, kind of a tough one because of the scripture. So we'll get started here. The title is, He Went Forward. A little and fell on the ground. Mark fourteen thirty five. I'll read it from the King James Version. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. This passage of scripture I read today is uh, from Mark fourteen twenty six all the way through to Mark fifteen thirty nine is mostly to do with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, at, uh, and what he did for every one of us who choose to believe, knowing that many will choose not to believe. As I read, I could feel the weight of sin. Not actually, but in my imagination. I guess you could say, but I could sense weight In this reading, folks, what Jesus Christ did for us is more than any one of us could imagine. In this reading and study today, I went fairly quickly because I've read this section of the crucifixion of Christ so many times. I think I've lived it in my spirit. You know, meditation in God's Word will do that to you. You actually live the Scripture inside you. It's like you're right there in the event. That's why I guess God told Joshua to meditate in the Word day and night. That's like every day, 24 hours a day, meditate in the Word day and night. It's kind of what I do. I, I get into the Word first thing in the morning, and basically I'm in and out of the Word all day long. I mean, when I go to bed at night, after all the lights out and I'm ready to fall asleep, I, I push on uh, Alexander Scorby, and he reads the entire. Now, it's different each, each uh, section of period, but I'll go through periods of maybe two or three months. Like for the last couple months, maybe three months, every single night, seven nights a week, I listen to the entire book of Revelation. Every night. And I fall asleep. In the book of Revelation. Why? It's because of the Holy Spirit. That's just what I'm led to do. 
and I've been all over the book. I mean, it's not only that one book, but being in the Word of God and meditating in God's Word can pull out Scripture that you never thought was was um, important or maybe had any value to yourself. But when you start to meditate, as I basically do every day in one form or another, I just pick up so much, like in these verses. You know, for example, I, uh, I own, only underlined or circled about 10 verses, which is, as you know, significantly less than I normally do. As I was looking at the verses I highlighted, I said to the Holy Spirit, I can't use any of these verses. They're too contrary to too many people. They would get uncomfortable because there's so much going on that is not good. Which do you want me? <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Which one do you want, Holy Spirit? Then my eyes fell on verse 35, and I said, Oh, Mark 14, 35. Okay. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And I thought, oh, wow. At least that isn't so bad. I can see something in this verse that would help people and lift them up sort of like edify and exhort and comfort, which can be found in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. Uh, but he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. You see, that's what I'm attempting to do every day in everything I'm doing. And it's not easy. Yeah, it's easy to complain when things are tough and not going your way. It's easy to criticize. It's easy to find fault. It's easy to get mad. It's easy to quit. It's easy to get down on other people and to downgrade them. However, it's a whole different set of parts and actions in our brain and sections in our brain to find ways to edify, find ways to exhort, and to find ways to comfort people. You know, this is why I really like 1 Corinthians 14. And actually, it's the entire chapter of 14. When you get a chance, you should read that. Verse 12, uh, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, 12 is the uh, gifts of the Spirit. Verse 13, or chapter 13, pardon me, chapter 13 is what they call the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13 is all about love. And then the next chapter, 14, talks about how do you actually love people? I mean, how do you put it into action? It's really cool. Those three chapters, I spent probably a year just on those three chapters. It's just, they will change your life. Those three chapters will, will do so, so much for you. And I just encourage you, if there's something that uh, you want more out of God, you want more out of your Bible, you want more out of your walk, you want more out of your prayer, you want more out of people, you just want more, then go to those three chapters, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And take your time. Don't just read them. Just go through them slowly and deliberately, asking the Holy Spirit to show you what's in those verses and all those chapters, those three chapters. You'll, you'll, you'll be excited. You, you will see something that, that will catch your attention, and then you'll discover things like, you've never heard before. You'll discover things that'll, live, that'll be with you the rest of your life in those three chapters. They're just absolutely 
beautiful, 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 beautiful. So in today's scripture, it was difficult to find the uplifting parts because of what our Savior went through. It's so incredible that our imagination can't withstand it. Even in a movie, you know, like The Passion, people complained greatly at the horror and the bloodiness of that terrible event, the crucifixion. That's called The Passion of the Christ. The makers of that movie had to remake it so people could palette it. You just, isn't that amazing? How sad. Because in real life, it was more, much more, oh, so much more than Hollywood could produce. This is why the passage of Scripture is so hard for me today. Because I just want to cry, not write or speak on this podcast show. I, I just want to go to bed and cry. I love Jesus with all my heart, soul, and mind, and everything I am. So I write, and, and I publish, and I speak to touch more people for heaven instead of going to bed. <laughs> In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I just praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord, for what you're doing in people's lives right now, this moment, this very moment. I thank you that you're touching people right now, right now. I thank you, Jesus. 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 You know, I am so grateful to all that Jesus saved me out of. I was headed for hell, not a party. No, hell is not a place for all your buddies to drink and have a good time and listen to country music and just party forever and ever. <laughs> Stupid people. They listen to Satan and they follow the devil so religiously. And those who won't who, and those who don't stop and turn around and believe in Jesus Christ are headed for eternal fire in the lake of fire to burn without stopping for all eternity. How can people just completely ignore such a horrible story? Even if it was made up, how could you ignore it? It's just it's beyond my imagination. Even if they don't believe it, they just flip it off and just say, oh, it's not true, it's all made up. I don't know. You know, I, uh, you know as you know, I've been a trucker for 40 years, and about four, four different times during those 40 years, I took off for a... Uh, about three or four months, and I went to uh, insurance companies to sell life insurance. I worked for Aetna, I worked for Prudential, I worked for New York Life, I worked for Equitable Life Insurance Society, and uh, I would go out to people and talk to them about life insurance, which is really death insurance. <laughs> you know what most people tell me? Oh, they're not going to die. That's what they would say. I ain't kidding you. They're not, oh, I'm not going to die. Oh, that's a long ways off. Did you know 36 out of every 100 people never see their 65th birthday? 36 out of 100 never see their 65th birthday. I saw mine a couple months ago. Hallelujah. But they, they say to tell me, oh, I'm not going to die. Oh, I'm not going to die. Oh, that's a long ways away. I don't have to worry about death. I, I, I just, I would shake my head and go, Huh? <laughs> You know, I would say, huh? <laughs> but, you know, that's people, you know. And uh, anyway, that's, I digress from my story here. Sorry. <laughs> I guess I'm trying to make light of this heavy topic because it's a heavy topic. Mark fourteen thirty five, and he went forward a little 
and fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He went forward a little and fell on the ground. Just these tiny few words is enough to make any sane person stop for a moment and say, why did he fall down? Let me ask you, why did he fall down? I'll let you think about that for a while while I go on. (laughs) The part that says he went forward caught my attention. I've heard preachers say at altar calls, please come forward if you want prayer. I've heard these words this way also. If you want to recognize Jesus in your life, come forward. Other times I've heard people testify that when they went forward, something happened. Jesus met them on the way. I've heard lots of stories like that. And fell on the ground. That's what Jesus did. He fell on the ground. I've seen people fall on their face, fall on the ground, fall on the floor when they went forward to receive salvation. Why do people fall? People fall down because they can't stand up. They can't stand up anymore. Their body was overcome and weakened to the point of collapsing. It's real simple. I'm not talking about being pushed down. That's Totally different. No pushing here, okay? No pushing allowed. When people faint, they fall down. When people lose their balance, they fall down. When people fall down, people fall down in uh, heavy gale winds. People fall down when they are not expecting it. Falling is one of those actions that catch us off our guard. People can die when they fall. Jesus was in the beginning of dying for all our sin, he fell down. He fell down. <clears throat> sin. Do you truly know what it is? I hear people tell me, sin is when you lie or steal. Or sin is when you make a mistake. <laughs> yeah, right. Forget that. That will not send you to hell. If you make a mistake, you're not going to hell because you made a mistake. And if you stole a candy bar, you're not going to hell. And if you told a lie to the police officer, you're not going to hell because of that. No. Don't let anybody fool you into thinking that you're because you lied one time in your life that you're going to hell. That's what the devil wants you to think. I know. This is not how preachers and ministers talk. I know, I know, I know. I've heard preachers say, oh, and they get you, you know, all riled up about, you know, the junk that you've done in life. Well, I'm not the normal preacher. I'm not called to be the normal preacher in the pulpit. God would not have kept me on the highways of America for 40 years if he wanted me to be normal. (laughs) Believe me. You live out there on the road for 40 years, you won't be be normal anymore. (laughs) You get kind of hard-hearted. You know, I mean, you just kind of get calloused. I mean, living on the road is, I mean, it's, boy, it's, it's tough. It's not a, it's not what people think it is. I know uh, the life of truckers are all glamour, glamorized, and you know uh, what's that movie uh, back in the seventies uh, uh, with Bert? Uh, I can't remember his name now. You know, uh, I can't remember the movie. You know, they rent the beer run and all. I can't remember now. Smokey and the Bandit. That's it right there. Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> I mean, they glamorize all that. You know, it's not like that, folks. It's That's the, a movie. <laughs> that's a movie. But, you know, life is not a movie. You know, the sin that I'm talking about 
is the sin that Jesus was dying for was the death that Adam brought into this world. Let me repeat that. The sin that Jesus was dying for was the death that Adam brought into this world. And I'm going to say it a third time. The sin that Jesus was dying for, that, was, that, that weighted him down, that he fell and he cried out, Lord, this is just almost too much for me to take. I can't take all this sin because he was taking the sin of all of mankind on him. It was the sin of death that brought death. Jesus is life, and there's no death in him, but he was feeling what death is. He never knew what death was because he's always been alive. He's never died. He's God. God doesn't die. So he didn't know what death was all about. I mean, he knew it because he created it, but, but, for, but for real, in a body made of dust, from the dust of the earth, he felt death. <sighs> wow. That's the death that Adam brought into this world. The separation between us and God. That's death. Separation between us and God. That is the death. That is the sin. This sin has carried on down through all generations. From Adam and Eve until you and I and our children. And it keeps on going until Jesus returns at his second coming. It's not going to stop. It, it, it just, the sin is going to keep on going. That's why it's so important, guys, to tell somebody that you know that Jesus died for them. Let them know about salvation in Jesus Christ. Don't keep it a secret. Don't hide it in your heart and say, oh, well, somebody else will tell them. Or, you know, I don't want to bother them. Or, you know, they'll find out on their own. You don't know that. You're not God. You don't know that. I'm, I'm encouraging you right now to tell the people in your life today about Jesus Christ. That's what I'm doing now on this podcast. I'm telling you about Jesus. And I'm going to publish it on my blog, and I'm going to put it in my book, and I'm telling people about the Jesus Christ. You know, uh, um, you know, sin that every... I'm going to repeat this paragraph again because it's so... Amazing to me. You know, that sin, the one that Adam put on us, is the sin that will send every man on earth, man being woman and man, on earth to hell for eternity. The only, and I mean the on and only way not to go to hell is to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Son of God. Here's the most famous verse in the world. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, and he loved you, my friend, my friend, my friend, my friend, he loved you, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that's you, that's you, believeth in him, should not perish, not go to hell, but have everlasting life, eternal life, heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This one single verse 
has been translated in something like 236 different languages. You know, and I may be off on that exact number, but it's a lot. And it's still being translated today into every language and dialect group on earth. It, it's, it's amazing. Mark 14.35, And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Jesus prayed after he fell on the ground. Go read the verses around this verse. And you too may be praying. And even now as I'm writing and speaking, I, I'm just, um, I'm overwhelmed. I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. You know, prayer is so much. It's calling out to the Father. It's wanting something. Jesus wanted this to pass from him because it was too much to bear. Thank you, Jesus for going on and giving your life for me, for my friends, for my family, and for everyone here right now, hearing my voice. You see, this is a heavy strip, st stretch of Scripture. It's a heavy stretch of Scripture. And that's why I didn't want to do it. Can you think of any other person who has died for your sin? And for you to receive eternal life? Is there anyone? Is there anyone out there? No. There's no one out there. Not even the great Buddha would die for you and for your sin. No. He would just tell you to be happy and everything will be all right. Now you can see how big of a deceiver Buddha was. And still, people... Millions of people have a statue in their homes, in their offices, in their cars, painted on their clothes. It makes me sick. If you believe in Buddha, I hope you, I hope, I hope I make you sick. And I hope you hate me for talking like this about your beloved Buddha. Get mad. Get mad at John. Go ahead. I don't care. And get Jesus, though. You can get mad all you want, but get Jesus. I can't save you. John can't save you. I can't die for your sin. But Jesus did. He actually did. He actually did. It's an actual true story. One that you can believe. This also goes for every religious fake leader in the history of this world. I'm grieved in my spirit, folks. Mark 14, 35, and he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. This is why I love Jesus so much. I was trapped in sin, trapped in drug addiction without a way out. Oh, you say, I could have just said no to drugs. Yeah, right. Just say no. What a joke. <laughs> what a joke. I was headed for hell, and I knew it because of the hatred in my heart. I tried to drown my heart in acid and cocaine and hash and anything I get my hands on, even prescription drugs. How I never overdosed is a mystery to me. I guess Jesus knew me 
and wanted me. I feel like crying right now. Folks, Jesus is real. Please, if this computer wasn't in front of me right now, I would get on my knees and beg you on this microphone. I would beg you to turn on to Jesus. Because all it takes is a desperate heart. One that will cry out to Jesus to save them. That's what I did. I just said, Jesus, if you're real, here I am. Good night. Good night.